You have found Behind the Lines, presented by BetMGM, part of the Lines Podcast Network for NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. My name is Steven Andres, joined each and every week on this show by the trading manager over at BetMGM, Christian Cipollini, and few are better equipped to help us through this week because we have the playoffs, we have weather games, we have injuries. He will tell us what the early week lines are over at BetMGM. He will also give us a little bit of insight of what it's like to set odds and lines and player props in a couple of these big weather games that we have factoring into all of the spreads and totals on wildcard weekend. I'll share a couple of my early week bets. We're going to wrap up this week's show with just Christian and my personal predictions on who's going to win each of the awards in the NFL. But first Christian, let's get started with week 18. Just put a a period on that sentence, winning week or losing week for the book last week. Uh, Yeah, it ended up being winning, but nothing, nothing crazy. Not too big. This would, Week 18 tends to be the least bet on week. I guess it's not so surprising. Uh, but there's a few games in, in week 18 where we got very little action, 50 to 60% of what we normally would get on a Sunday. Makes a lot of sense. Is there a couple that stood out in any way, shape, or form, even though the the handle was down overall with so many meaningless games? Yeah, I mean Sunday Sunday night Bills Dolphins was still uh, up there as a, as a as a normal game there. Uh, that was one actually we lost on this week. A lot of people were on the Bills. Uh, actually, the two we would call them primetime games because Saturday night was an, another one we lost on too on the Texans. So uh, we were actually kind of fortunate to come out uh, slightly ahead, even though the two primetime games didn't go our way. Fair enough. Let's move forward already here to what everybody's waiting for, what everybody wants to talk about and listen to for this week. And it is the start of the NFL postseason. As we begin, Super Bowl futures have the Ravens and the 49ers as the two top favorites. And the Buffalo Bills have skyrocketed from maybe missing the playoffs to the third choice in Super Bowl odds over at BetMGM. But first, Christian, before we kind of get into that big picture, because the Buffalo Bills are a fascinating story of how the odds have played out here in recent weeks. Let's kind of just go through the early week spreads and totals over at BetMGM. We will begin with the two Saturday games. Yeah, Browns-Texans to start us off, where the Browns are two-and-a-half-point road favorites with a 44-and-a-half-point total. And then Saturday night we have Dolphins at the Chiefs, where Chiefs are four-point favorites, and it's a 44-point total. Let's start with the Browns and Texans here. I did put in an early week bet on Browns minus one and a half. I would still bet it at two and a half. And that is at least maybe a little surprising to me on the surface because when these two teams played a few weeks ago, the Browns were in Houston taking on the Texans backup quarterbacks and the closing spread of that game was about three and a half. So for this to only be one point different, you would think on the surface, well, that's way too expensive for Cleveland to pay that price. They're getting C.J. Stroud back. They should be the the Texans should be smaller underdogs in this, or maybe even a short favorite. If you adjust for the normal quarterback change situation, what they mean to the point spread. For me, I don't agree with that. I think there's a lot of what has changed with the Cleveland Browns that has been late season adjustments to their team rating. I also think that. The Joe Flacco experience has been one with a high ceiling. We have seen that Kevin Stefanski is not afraid to throw the ball at high rates, like among league leading rates in terms of pass rate in neutral game states. And the Texans are pretty banged up here. Their defense is not built to stop the pass. They are already below average around 20th in the league in the advanced metrics stopping the pass. They're 
amazing rookie pass rusher and will anderson has looked very ineffective trying to play through a high ankle sprain so those are all dings against the texans defense being able to stop the cleveland offense here who put up 38 on them a couple of weeks ago um on the houston side I don't buy as much into the narrative of C.J. Stroud first start as a rookie quarterback. A lot of those rookie quarterbacks in recent years, if you go by trends, were just quarterbacks who were nowhere near the level of Stroud, and they weren't playing at home. Um, But they also have a really banged-up wide receiving unit. And I know Nico Collins was able to take advantage of a soft Colts defense for almost 200 yards, but much, much tougher matchup here against the stout and elite Cleveland Browns defense here. Christian will transition here to the Miami-Kansas City game, and I want to ask you about this game in particular. We have weather here, not so much wind, but just frigid temperatures. We're looking at a temperature around zero for kickoff for this game Saturday night in Kansas City. Uh, the total, as you mentioned, sitting around 44 right now. I imagine you guys already got some interest in the under here, and this is not where you opened. Uh, we actually did open at 44. This went down to 43, and then we're back up to 44. Wow. Um, usually wind is kind of a bigger factor uh, than, than just straight up cold. But this is also one where you expect it to be a little bit of a higher total, you know, under normal circumstances, just judging by the two teams. Although the Chiefs, you know, defense has been good and their offense has been a bit stagnant. So in that case, I will compliment you and your staff as being among the sharper odds makers among the domestic markets, because a couple of your competitors opened up a number, which, in my opinion, was not taking into account the weather and they proceeded to get pounded on under bets. So. Uh, clearly you guys have your your thumb on the pulse of of the weather in some of these playoff games and we're smarter about what number you opened it at and uh, that's why you haven't moved much off of that original number yeah uh, it won't be the same story for the bills game uh, because that one (laughs) is another weather game that moved uh, way down but uh, that one there's a lot of wind when we get there so yeah Yeah, for me, at least in terms of the spread of this game, sitting at three and a half, this is another one where if you were just looking at team ratings for most of the season, you kind of would probably um, second guess the Chiefs is this big of a favorite against the Miami Dolphins. I think in most weeks under normal conditions and healthy rosters, there's no way the Chiefs would even be three, in my opinion, for this game. So what we have to take into account here are the massive injuries for the Miami Dolphins defense. They were already down their top two pass rushers in Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb. Van Ginkle's already been ruled out as well. Uh, Mike McDaniel already made that announcement early in the week. A couple of their inside linebackers are banged up and not going to play in this game. They are ravaged by injuries on the defensive side, and we have no idea if the offensive players like Jalen Waddle and Raheem Mostert are going to be able to come back. And clearly Tyree Kill was still hampered if you were watching that Bills-Dolphins game on Sunday Night Football. So if you take into account all of that context, plus the weather and a team from Miami having to play in zero-degree temperatures with, I I say this part a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but almost kind of like, just kidding, but seriously, you have Tua, who's Hawaiian, who played college football in the South, who got drafted by a team in Miami, whose knock in his profile is that he doesn't have elite arm strength and now has to play in zero degree temperatures where the football is going to feel like a cannonball. So, yeah, that's how we get the three and a half in this game, Christian, like that you have to take into account context. And I assume you agree with that's why we aren't at what the number would have been under most circumstances. 
Yeah, I'd say you pretty much nailed every aspect of it. A lot of the injuries, uh, and then the fact that this team's going. This team's been uh, not good over the past few years uh, on the road outside of Miami too. Um, that home field advantage, if you look at their numbers and their splits between it, um, they're a lot better at home with the sun in the the way teams face. Uh, so yeah, you would you would think they'll probably struggle uh, in this one. Yeah, if you're watching on the YouTube side, apologies for my light going out, but I guess it's just symbolism because it might be lights out for Miami after this game on Saturday. <laughs> I would I would never bet the Dolphins considering all of these factors at this point, even though on the surface level, it you know one might make the argument of a discount on the spread. Uh, what I, I'm not interested in backing Kansas City either with what we know about their offense and how much more conservative they've been, at least backing them on the spread. What I might be doing here is finding a creative way to use Kansas City in a money line parlay because I do think they're they're pretty likely to get out of here with a win. Um, you can keep an eye out on the lines.com Discord later in the week. You can find the link in the top right-hand corner of our homepage. If I do bet the Chiefs in some creative way, I will share it in there. Okay, Christian, let's move ahead here to the triple header on Sunday, early week spreads and totals at BetMGM. Steelers at the Bills, where Bills are 10-point home favorites with a 35.5-point total. Packers-Cowboys, where Cowboys are 7.5-point home favorites with a 50.5-point total. And Sunday night, we have Rams at the Lions, where Lions are 3-point home favorites with our highest total of the weekend at 51.5. The totals make sense for me in the Green Bay Dallas and the Rams Detroit game. You're indoors against defenses who have had issues. That's why we see 50s. And even though much of this season scoring has been down in the NFL, I have a hard time making arguments for the unders in those games. Uh, You foreshadowed, Christian, the Buffalo Bills Pittsburgh Steelers game the total being bet down heavily from where you opened it at. Can you kind of give us a little bit of, of specifics here on, on how far we've moved? Yes. Yeah, so this one actually opened at 40 and a half briefly, but we, we were getting hit at, at that number on the under very quickly and moved all the way down at this point, a five point move, which is pretty significant. Um, you know, judging that there's not any truly significant injuries that would bring that number down. So this is strictly off weather. It's a five point move. Um, this one is going to have a lot more wind and rain and, and nastier conditions, um, which is bringing that that total down. So we're recording this on Tuesday morning. The early week forecast for Buffalo is anywhere between 25 to 30 mile per hour sustained winds with gusts over 40 miles per hour. And if that forecast is off a little bit, the wind is actually worse than the couple of days before. So if that forecast gets moved into Sunday, and this is the early game on Sunday, it, it could be worse. Now, it's early in the week. It could get better. We'll see. But that's the biggest reason for the line movement in this game. Um, I'll mention Mason Rudolph making his first career playoff start on the road in these conditions. Quarterbacks making their first career playoff start on the road have only won 7 of 37 games. So... This is a tall task for Rudolph, who was a third-string quarterback for most of the season, taking on um, a very improved Buffalo Bills defense since their bye week. They are top 10 across the board here, and they're not basically going to have to worry about the passing game whatsoever if this wind forecast holds up. Meanwhile, the Bills' offense has actually been built for conditions like this in the postseason since making the change to offensive coordinator Joe Brady. 
They have been top five in the NFL in rush EPA since their bye week. They have been top three in rushing success rate since their bye week. That's because of a very healthy, intact offensive line that's played well all year. James Cook, who's been an electric runner, and Josh Allen being a great rusher as well, not only just with chunk plays, but also in short yardage to go with it. So clearly to me, the Bills are kind of ironic for me to say, considering what we've come to know about the Bills offense for the majority of the past few seasons, but they are now built for conditions like this uh, in their home stadium in January. So um, this might also be like, even though it's a very short price on the Bills to win the game with a total at double di- or with a spread at double digits now, you know, maybe this is like the money line parlay pairing for the Kansas City for me. That's one of the options I'm looking at. Haven't put it in the account just yet, uh, but we'll see. And Christian, before we move on to the other games here, the Bills' odds over the past six weeks have been a roller coaster ride. I mean, they were 6-6 six and six after the loss to the Philadelphia Eagles in Week 12. They have their bye week. They regroup. They rip off five wins. Can you kind of share with us how their Super Bowl odds have ballooned and come all the way back down to almost favorite status over this time period? Yeah, so before, before that Eagles game, they were plus 2,200 to win the Super Bowl, kind of uh, falling off. After that loss, they drifted all the way up to – they got to highest as uh, plus 4,000 for us. Wow. Um, but then things at that after that game really turned around, uh, actually for both of those teams, Eagles and the Bills there. Uh, but after that game, they moved into <clears throat> plus 2,000 after beating the Chiefs. And then after they beat the Cowboys into plus 1,400, uh, a little shaky Chargers win only moved them into plus 1,200. Um but after that, another Patriots win plus 900, and then we're on to where we are now. They end up getting the two seed, which is just a crazy ride for a team that was plus 4,000. We, we talked about it on here, that they're pretty much out of it. It was going to be really, really difficult for them to get back because they did play good teams down that stretch. Uh, but they got some help from a couple teams that didn't end up uh, you know, making it. So ended up not only sneaking in, but getting in as the two seed, which is just, it's crazy. <laughs> I think you guys had some exact outcome for the Super Bowl options at some point up at your book as well. And I'll give you another example. Even at that point, if you had paired them with the 49ers, who were the overwhelming favorites at that juncture of the season to win the Super Bowl, if you did a 49ers over Bills exact in the Super Bowl, it was paying at least 80 to 1. Uh, so it was just a wild ride for them. And if you did name the finalists, you know, still 40 to one just to get to the Super Bowl for Bills versus 49ers. So um, just just insane, a complete transformation. And I'm sure the city of Buffalo is very excited to see what's to come here in the AFC side of the bracket. Um, one final note here before we get to the Monday game between Philadelphia and Tampa Bay for this Green Bay Dallas game. And I mentioned briefly about the total. I want to talk a little bit more about this total. And in particular, why I think the Cowboys are basically going to be able to move the ball at will in this game. The Green Bay Packers, over the past five weeks of the regular season, you know, they go three and two in that stretch. But if you look at their defensive metrics, massive red flags for the Cowboys' defense. Since week 14, I beg your pardon, the Packers' defense. Since week 14, the Packers are 27th in EPA per play allowed. 
They are 26th in success rate allowed by dropback EPA in the passing game, which we know the Cowboys love to chuck it in their home home stadium. 29th in dropback EPA and 31st in dropback success rate for the Packers defense in that span. And I remind you that stretch was against these quarterbacks. It was against the Giants backup quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield, Bryce Young, a combination of Jaron Hall and Nick Mullins and Justin Fields. And they still had offenses move the ball on them at will. You you wondering why the total starts with a five in this game? Like that, I I don't know if I'm going to find a creative way to just take the the Cowboys in the side because I am extremely confident they're going to be able to move the ball, or I'm just going to bet the total here. I need to do a little bit more digging on it, but that is just that is just a recipe for the Cowboys to put thirty plus up in this game fairly easily, in my opinion. So. Um, more on that in the discord and the megapod later in this week, as we move along Christian final game of wildcard weekend, the Philadelphia Eagles at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a Monday night football game. Where are we at here for you guys? Yeah, these teams, uh, played on Monday night, uh, week three in, in, uh, Tampa as well, but the Eagles are two and a half point road favorites, uh, with a 43 point total. So I'm looking real quick to just see what the closing number was for that week three game, just to give at least, you know, a fun little nugget here. It it really doesn't factor in with so many games that have been played since then. But in that game, the Eagles were four and a half point favorites on the road near close with a total of 43 and a half. So about the same total here. Um, Christian, like cover your ears, man, because I know you're an Eagles fan. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're dead team walking. I think there's a very good chance they're going to lose this game. Um, I'm not sure if their issues on defense have been priced enough into these odds. Um, Three would be really hard to not bet for Tampa Bay this week if I can get a three. I don't know if I'll be able to. If it's not three at any point at normal juice like minus 110, and it's going to be two and a half, then it might be a Bucks cowboys teaser. It might be just bet Bucks money line. It might be um, like a if, if the Bills go back to nine and a half, maybe like a, a seven-point teaser with Bucks and Bills. I, just creative ways to tease the Bucks up here for me. We already know the defense is just a train wreck right now after Matt Patricia took over, and now the offense is banged up. We don't know at this juncture as we record Tuesday morning about Jalen Hurts' finger. We don't know about A.J. Brown who went down. We don't know about Devonta Smith who missed last week. I mean, that's that's kind of their whole offense. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, with it being a Monday game, they don't have to have their first injury report out until Thursday. So keep that in mind. But um, yeah, I just, it's never the Eagles for me at this point, even though it's a discounted price. There's just, it's just, a, it's a train wreck. It's it's a yeah. shame really after what we saw last year with the Philadelphia Eagles and Christian, I see you shaking your head and nodding. Some, I <laughs> sounds like you kind of agree with me here. Yeah. I mean, the defense is a complete mess. I, I, they couldn't stop any team at this point. The Panthers would probably put up 20 on them. I think Baker's going to torch them at least. They don't also seem to want to change anything. All of their press conferences, they say the same thing that nothing's going to be changed. So if that's what they're going to roll with, I would expect Tampa to, to win this one 
probably pretty easily if they don't want to change anything. You you see the press conferences being in the tri-state area in the Northeast more often than I do being, you know, I'm down in Louisville, Kentucky. When they say they're not going to change things, are they talking specifically about the defense and their, their schematics and how they're running it? Yeah, they're asking if they're going to change their plays or scheme, anything. Is there going to be any changes, you know, judging off the past few weeks? And they say, nope, our, our system is good. So, <laughs> Wow. Wow. It's it's certainly not good. And, no. you know, I just want to juxtapose those type of comments with what we see with like a coordinator, a defensive coordinator like Bill Belichick, because he is in charge of the defense a lot of the time, and the way – McDonald, the Ravens defensive coordinator, does games very game plan specific, very opponent specific, adjusting to what their opponent that week is going to throw at them to make it tougher on them. We saw it against Brock Purdy and the Niners. You know, the fact that those teams can adjust how much man and zone they play on any given week just shows you the how the best defensive coordinators operate. And then you hear something like that from the Philadelphia Eagles on the other end of the spectrum. It's a problem. And apparently it's not fixable for that type of coaching staff in the middle of the season. So um, there's very few NFL defenses that are able to do that. But the ones that are, you need to value them maybe more than what the market is at certain points. So, um, Christian, let's wrap up this week's show with just a little fun segment going through each of the NFL awards. Obviously, odds have been pulled at this point. I believe the ballots for the people that vote on these awards are due this week. So that's why the odds have been pulled. Um, don't want to risk any leaks coming out and, you know, funny business at the sports books. I certainly respect and understand that from your guys' perspective, but let's just have some fun predictions here. We've been talking about a lot of these markets all season long. So let's just see how many we can get right here over, uh, you know, when they come out at NFL honors the night before the Super Bowl. So, uh, let's start with the obvious, uh, thumbs up. If you agree, Lamar Jackson is a lock to win MVP. Yeah. I think that was an easy one. Um, you know, let's start with offensive rookie of the year. Is CJ Stroud also a lock for you guys? Yeah. Yeah. I, we opened that back up when Puka was getting close to beating the offensive rookie of the year numbers. But with that 17th game, I really don't think that it's nearly enough. I still thought this was Stroud by a runaway. Um, just quarterbacks just really dominate this and he played so well. He was in the MVP conversation. This is one I'd be stunned if it's not him. Of course, as I'm getting ready to wrap the pod here, I got my dog barking in the background, and I will go to uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year, where I think the dogs are barking, Christian. It's been Jalen Carter as a heavy favorite most of the season for the Philadelphia Eagles, but Will Anderson or maybe Kobe Turner, where are you going on this one? Yeah, this one is crazy because at one point, Jalen Carter was minus 5,000 only two or three weeks ago, and this has come all the way back up um, with him not having a good – I guess there's a bad taste in their mouth too with the Eagles. Um, I still lean that I think it will end up being Jalen Carter, uh, but if not, I think it would be Will Anderson, but I'll stick with Jalen Carter. I think Kobe Turner is going to win. I thought there was still time for the media to learn about this person, especially with how hollow the cases were for Jalen Carter. I mean, Kobe Turner has better numbers basically across the board compared to Jalen Carter. Will Anderson had that injury at the end of the year that slowed him down. I think Kobe Turner is going to come out of nowhere and be one of the few non-first or second round picks in the NFL draft to win defensive rookie of the year. So um, even Peter King writing something up about Kobe Turner in recent weeks here. So that's my prediction there. Let's go to Offensive Player of the Year, Christian. Christian McCaffrey became a heavy favorite late in the season. Do you agree it's him? 
Yeah, I think it's crazy because there was, you know, talks of Tyreek MVP at some point, so it seemed like it was him, but that injury late uh, is probably going to end up costing him. I'm I'm on McCaffrey at this point. A lot of times the late season, how things shake out at the end is how things end up going. Um, so, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with McCaffrey. Yeah, once the Dolphins lost that last game in primetime and, and Tyreek Hill was further injured and banged up and couldn't help his team to a win, I think it's I think it's definitely McCaffrey here. You can't have the 49ers have the season they had as the one seed, as the, basically the dominant team for most of the season, and not give them some type of award. So I think McCaffrey will get Offensive Player of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year is very interesting. This has been Micah Parsons for a lot of the year. Late in the season, Miles Garrett became around a minus 200 or shorter favorite. And then TJ Watt leads the league in sacks still. So who is your prediction for defensive player of the year? Yeah, this one was tight between those three players. I thought they were all pretty deserving at different times. <clears throat> um, it did go back and forth between Parsons. I think it's going to end up being Miles Garrett. Uh, that Browns defense was very good all season. Um, he's been kind of known as the guy not to mess with. So uh, that's where I'll stick with. I think it's just going to end up recency bias towards the end of the season and end up being Garrett. I'm going to go against you here. I'm going to think, I think it's TJ Watt. Uh, I think he finished with five more sacks than Miles Garrett. I concede to the analytics community that Garrett gets double teamed far more often than TJ Watt has this year. Um, and if we're going by more advanced statistics, it should be Miles Garrett, but an injury slowed him down in the final weeks. TJ Watt was able to extend his sack lead, and we're talking about voters here. And these voters look at kind of more surface-level, older stats. They're not very analytically driven like some of the baseball voting community is. So I'm going to predict an upset here and say TJ Watt, after the Steelers make the playoffs, wins defensive player. Uh, of the year the most interesting one this season has been nfl comeback player of the year christian damar hamlin has been a heavy favorite all season he really hasn't had a viable rival up until the last month of the season when joe flacco comes off the couch baker mayfield is kind of in that mold of geno smith who won the award last year was it always damar hamlin are you predicting that or do you think that it is going to be one of these other two quarterbacks uh, yeah i think it's going to be damar hamlin i just it's going to be tough to overcome the dying on the field and coming back and playing. I know he barely plays any snaps, uh, but I think that that's the way the voters are going to go. Last year, uh, I believe, I don't want to say, I don't remember who exactly it was, but voted one of his trainers uh, that gave him CPR as MVP last season. So that kind of tells you the way that the voters think, and I, I don't really see any way that it's not going to be DeMar here, even though maybe, you know, you could certainly argue he doesn't deserve it. Um, but if you're if your argument is going to be he didn't play enough, well, Flacco only played a couple weeks towards the end of the season is probably what I would imagine the argument back would be. So I think it's always I think I think as long as Demar Hamlin had stepped on the field, it was always going to be Demar this season. I have wanted to beat his odds most of the season, despite the fact that he is an amazing story. I concede that. I mean, clearly, it's just we haven't seen anything like it. It's just a miracle that he is alive and actually on an NFL roster. Um, and I do believe that there is a contingent of the voters of this award that are just going to vote for him no matter what. But there has been increased chatter about Joe Flacco. I think Baker Mayfield didn't play well enough in the last month of the season to come, come and try and steal it despite them winning the division. They almost won in spite of him in some of those games down the stretch. So it's Hamlin versus Flacco for me. 
I think it's Hamlin, but I think the voting when we see it will be a lot closer than it would have been, you know, week 13, week 12, when it would have been just a landslide with no other viable candidate. So I, I do think Flacco will steal some votes away with what he's done, but I still think Hamlin's going to squeak this one out. And finally, Christian, NFL Coach of the Year. Kevin Stefanski was a huge favorite going into the final week of the regular season. And then the Texans win the division, and D'Amico Ryans gets pretty close in the final hours of the market being available, gets pretty close to almost 50-50 between these two. Ryans or Stefanski, or are you going off the board somewhere else? Uh, I think it should be Ryan's, but I think it will be Stefanski, um, is where I'm going to lean here. Uh, I think they're going to take the winning with four different quarterbacks and, and, you know, this Joe Flacco resurgence to where they, they suddenly look like a team. I mean, we have people betting them all over the place to, to win, uh, the AFC, even to win the Super Bowl. So they've, you know, come, come along here where now they think they actually finally have a quarterback that they, they feel like they're trusted in. Um, so I think that's just where it's going to end up. Although I really do think that it should be D'Amico Ryan's taking a team that wasn't that you know had whatever it was two, three, four wins last season, uh, not remotely expected to make the playoffs. Uh, C.J. Stroud certainly had question marks versus him or Bryce Young, uh, and he proved they got the most out of him and made sure that you know he looked like an MVP candidate for a decent chunk of the season. So that's what I think, but I think it'll end up Stefanski. I I heard somebody put it very eloquently on Twitter the other day. If your starting point for this award is the expectations at the beginning of the season, then you vote D'Amico Ryans. If it's circumstances throughout the season, then it's clearly Kevin Stefanski. And we just don't know what the majority of the voters are going to think in that case. I think because CJ Stroud is going to get a ton of credit, respect, attention for carrying the Texans in the amazing season he had and probably wins offensive rookie of the year. I think that is what causes Stefanski to still win this award. I do think though that the voting is going to be a heck of a lot closer than it would have been before the final week of the season. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at on that. We'll see, uh, you know, after the season, Christian, if we got all these right, or not. And the, the Kobe Turner one is the one that's most interesting to me coming out of nowhere because the entire handicap of that has been, do the voters know Kobe Turner exists? So, and I guess we'll find out. We, we had to add him late into our, uh, we, yeah, we you weren't we, alone. No book at Kobe Turner to like yeah. week 18, right? Uh, we had a few weeks before that, but yeah, it was pretty late in the season until we had him in there. And, uh, he ended up actually turning into liability for us pretty quick because a lot of people jumped wow. on him. So yeah, pretty crazy. Wow. Amazing. To unlisted to liability in a matter of, <laughs> you know, a couple of weeks. Few weeks, wild stuff. So you want to be an odds maker people. <laughs> Good stuff. Christian, as always, thank you so much for your insight and your transparency and all the details you share from behind the curtain there with your trading team. For the rest of you, we will be back with the Megapod on Friday. Beat the closing number with Eli and Mo on Thursday. Best of luck with your bets on Super Wildcard Weekend.